and because of that um, the experience of life that we have is completely different to other people who may be experiencing things very differently yeah. for example they wouldn't have to worry about having a normal conversation with a person at the bank if they had to do anything or trying to sell something or even ask for something or the worst one is trying to say no maybe to to something but for people who stutter there's a lot more to it and because of that it creates a different type of life experience and when you are on the other side of it you can look back and think about the positive and say yeah it's because of this I've done this and I've started a podcast I've made these friends and started this charity etc and these things have given me a lot of purpose in life Thank you, Emily, for tuning in to another episode of Stutter Speaks. As always, it is very much appreciated. And in this week's episode, as I am talking to Ruben Alipelli, who is also a person who has a stutter. And Ruben has his own podcast called In the Underdog Way. He is also one of the founders of the Stop Holding Back and a charity and which does some amazing work and to help people who stutter in every aspect of life. And we talk about our stuttering experiences and as both of us are big fans of MMA and we have a we have a small talk talk about MMA and at the end. And so let's get into this episode and I hope you all enjoy it. How did you adapt and go over for elegant quarantine? Um, I think um, at the start, I, I like quite a lot of people, thought it would be a three-week, four-week thing. And we'd end up drinking every day. And then um, when, when we realised that, I guess, um, things weren't going to be normal for a long time, yeah. we... Um, start, started to fix ourselves up a bit so um, I started to get back in training um, I stopped drinking for about three months and, um, so I, and I started to work on um, quite a few projects outside of my actual job <clears throat> and a um, and big part of the work that we were doing was um, growth of the charity stop holding back and um, it's been a really good period for us because this time has allowed us to grow a lot. And just for people and like who don't know and just speak a bit about yourself and what you do. Cool, no problem. So um, for people listening to this podcast, my name is Ruben Pillai. I'm 31 years old. I'll be 32 in about two months, which is a bit weird because it hasn't been a um, an orthodox year so I'll be 31 again probably for the next year and um, 
I, I work in um, both banking and finance um, as my full-time occupation and my part-time um, double life is I'm director for charity Stop Holding Back, which um, I was part of the inception of um, over the last 18 months. We were officially recognised by the Charity Commission in June 2019. So that was a massive achievement, but we still had a lot of work to do to actually um, to, to do anything really, because until you actually start to um, offer services and give value to people, you're just uh, um, a name on a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are my two kind of main, main things alongside that. I'm big into my video editing and um, I've got my own podcast, which I recently launched. And um, yeah, I'm just trying to uh, maximize time and uh, improve where I can. Okay, like, and um, tell me a bit about uh, like your um, Stop Holding Back organization. So the Stop Holding Back actually um, began as a WhatsApp group, believe it or not. Okay. And um, this was kind of a group formed by um, people I had met on um, a few kind of of the other stuttering organizations within the UK. And it was a space for people to talk about um, different uh, beliefs or theories or just uh, things that, that they were investigating in a safe space with other people who were open-minded and looking to actually um, understand a bit more about this because it seems like um, no one really knows but everyone has their own opinion and their own understanding but we wanted to create a space for people to collaborate on that yeah. And uh, what WhatsApp was perfect because we could um, post a link publicly. So people were joining from all over the world. And at first this was um, started by one of, one of my good friends, Ayo Adisanya. So he was so, so he set up a WhatsApp group yeah. and um, through time it grew and grew and we had people from um, countries all over the world from um, Kenya to Israel, oh. Egypt, Somalia, um, India, Pakistan, a South American country. So you can um, pick up people from different continents, all speaking different languages, but all looking for um, similar things. Yeah. Like, how do you feel in that? And like, talking to other, like, stutterers, like, help too, because like, it does, and like, help me like a lot. Without a doubt, without that, because um, that was a game changer for, for me in terms of my progress. Yeah. Um, because for quite a long time, I, I had quite a bad um, stutter. And by bad, I don't, don't mean it's a bad thing. I just mean the blocks were a bit more obvious. Yeah. And to be honest, it still happens um, at times, especially if I'm speaking to um, people at work in a more of a professional situation with um, people of authority, mm. um, senior people, then it does happen to have um, blocks and freezes like we, we all do. But I do find it a lot easier to, to kind of speak and be a bit more comfortable with other people who stutter. 
like yourself. Yeah. I'm sure. So I'm sure you have also experienced that same, I guess that same um, um, freedom of expression. Yeah. Yeah, like, and what was it like, and like, and like growing up as like a person and that um, stutters? Yeah, sure. So um, I started to speak actually when I was two years old. Okay. Um, and I was pretty fluent for about two years. Yeah. Then um, I was told that I started to block around year four. And um, this carried on to an hour really. And um, I was pretty lucky at school because I was... I'm born in October, so I was always one of the older kids in the class. Okay. And you tend to find that it's um, it's easier when you're amongst the older kids because you are less likely to be bullied. You'd be a bit more mature than your classmates every every year because you you've just been around them um, a bit longer than them. Yeah. Um, I had a big brother in the same school. So for some reason, I just felt safe all the time, even though he probably wouldn't do anything if, uh, yeah, if sure. anything happened. But, um, and, on, and grow, growing up, I was quite expressive. I was quite talkative, even though I was um, experiencing a lot of blocks and freezes. And um, because of that, I didn't really get any bullying at all, because I guess people just thought that if anything happened, then I would go straight to the teacher because um, I was always speaking up and and um, expressing myself, yeah. and uh, I was pretty fortunate in that sense. Things got a bit tougher in my teenage years because you start to become a bit more conscious about it. Things um, stay more in terms of bad memories, etc., and um, you start to care about what other people think. So that, that was when I started to, I guess, try and avoid things as much as possible, avoid words, avoid um, situations, presenting at school and stuff like that. <laughs> um, things got better afterwards, but I'll talk to you about that a bit, a bit later on. That, that is like an, an, a similar, and like I am, um, like an, like in my like, teenage years, like I, like I was like fighting and like, Things that like I shouldn't have like like I've like avoided, and like I was only probably in probably the past probably six months, and where I've kind of just like stopped uh, like avoiding um things. So, and so like that's one of the main reasons like I started like a podcast. Exactly, and these types of things they reinforce positive behaviors. I think exactly yeah. with um people who have been avoiding for so long like ourselves, when you start to actually um, embark on things outside of your comfort zone or the realm of thinking that you've had for yeah. a long, long time, um, it starts to like, change every area of you because you start to become a bit more braver, a bit more confident, and eventually you will feel a bit more better about yourself. And, yeah. and did you do like um, speed therapy? Yeah. So um, I did quite a bit of speech therapy when I was a kid. I don't remember that much of it. I just remember playing around with toys. Um, but Same with me. Um, yeah, I did speech therapy till about the age of seven or eight. And um, when my parents actually took me to um, speech and drama, which is like, um, um, I went to a group where it was part of a drama school. 
and they had a bit where kids would just practice re- reciting poetry to each yeah. other and um and ended up doing that for about 10 years oh, wow. and um that was massive because that gave me a lot of confidence and um i started to um so alongside some of the challenges of challenges i was having at school challenges i was having at school um on the weekends i would be drum school and having better experiences so um, it was good for my self-esteem growing up as and what was your opinion like on like the speech therapy and actually got like when you were younger to be honest i couldn't really remember the speech therapy now so if you we we had this conversation now in person and they and you asked me about it then i struggled to um remember properly but one of the, the big things that they did which was really good was um so they um my speech therapist i still remember her name it's jackie yeah. she would come into my school once a week and sit in in my classroom and just yeah. observe and she was doing it for kind of a, um, a fair bit of time, yeah. a few months maybe. And then this was part of her assessment and stuff. And she gave feedback to me, my parents saying like, um, so he's still blocking and freezing, but in terms of his um, social development, there isn't a problem there because I think they would be more concerned if they spotted any unconscious bullying or, yeah. or behaviors that could lead to a lot more holding back going forward. So she was fairly happy with her assessment and she would kind of communicate with the teachers and keep them in the loop as well. Like- and um, because of that communication between speech therapist, my school and my parents, it um, created a good environment for me to actually get through school and and have a fairly positive experience yeah yeah and what you regard as like your stuttering like experience like as positive or like or like a negative that's always a tough question isn't it yeah. because when it's happening um i would say it's a negative experience yeah but through time i've learned to actually um accept that okay so it isn't the best thing in the world to to um be blocking and freezing and yeah. trying to speak to a girl that you like and yeah. and um gag and, and getting getting really anxious about it and blocking and freezing but at the same time um these small challenges and blocks and kind of like tough speaking situations through time can make you stronger person if you allow yourself to think like that Mm. because um we kind of have to go through quite a few obstacles day to day yeah and because of that um, the experience of life that we have is completely different to other people who may be experiencing things very differently for example, they wouldn't have to worry about having a normal conversation with 
a person at the bank if they had to do anything or trying to sell something or even ask for something. Or the worst one is trying to say no maybe to, to something, but for people who stutter, there's a lot more to it. And because of that, it creates a different type of life experience. And when you are on the other side of it, you can look back and think about the positive and say, yeah, it's because of this, I've done this and I've started a podcast, I've made these friends and started this charity, etc. And these things have given me a lot of purpose in life. And like, how sure I was, and like, and probably, probably in my, like my teenage years, like I probably seen as a negative and um, but as like as years just went on like and now like in like my early 20s and, like I'm seeing it as more of like a positive and I was like I can start like a podcast or like I feel more comfortable like in ways in life like so and, like it has been engaging like that, that, that the past like full like, of years I just want to ask you so how old are you? You, Jake. Although I'm 22 years of age. 22, that's, that's really good. When I was 22, I would not have even dreamt of actually starting a podcast. Like, yeah. um, one, of, one of the things I was doing at that age was um, taking a lot of videos at places if I was traveling or training, yeah. and I would create small clips, but I would never speak in the videos or or um, try to record me interacting in the camera. Yeah. Um, the majority of the footage um, was around a travel of food and training, yeah. but things have changed now because I'm a lot more comfortable speaking to camera. Um, Sure. both spontaneously and planned and um for you to be able to do that now is a massive massive step and uh, when you're 31 years old <laughs> at some point in the future um i can guarantee that the stuff that you are doing now with the podcast will lay the groundwork for a really strong future. Like as I said, I like I like that start. I like it was only probably in like the past like six months, and that has like helped me because I, as I took part in like a course, um, last August, as I said, that was based around like acceptance, and like avoiding and like, and reducing a lot of the times that you would like avoid like like certain like like situations like and that has helped me. Massively. Really good. Like, um, for you personally, apart from the podcast itself, has there been any other big achievements that yes. you feel proud of? I was talking on phones because I used to never I like talk on phones. Yeah. And I made my first proper phone call on that last day of that course in last August, and that was like to book like a hair appointment. And like for something like small, and then like it helped me massively. And like I was very like I'm happy, and I like I done it. That's really good because 
Um, I personally think that that conversation with um, the hairdresser or the barber is one of the most important ones. And yeah. you can't get that wrong. Yeah, for sure. How did you get over times like in life? Like with it, you mean like your stutter or like if you're having like a bad day, you mean like your stutter? Um, that's a good question. So there'll be times in the past when I would get over it by feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. Um, that isn't the best way, obviously, but um, it does serve a purpose at that point. Um, because I guess it's easy to to um, try to blame people or blame things and just blame um, just the world in general for your yeah. situation. But then through time, um, I started to um, find ways of of having escapism through. Um, Sports. So I was reading to football. Played a lot in school. Um, played for teams on the weekends, etc. Yeah. And um, the other big passion is Thai boxing. Yeah. And I found that in those two environments, I would not think about speech at all. Yeah. So I would try to maximize the amount of time that I could spend in those um, two places and. Um, they gave me a great, great um, place just to step away from stuttering temporarily. Like, and how did you get into like, like into like like high boxing? Or, and does it, does it help you? And now, like with um, courage or like or with like um, discipline and with like your stutter. So with the first question, I um. I got into martial arts um, first back in 2009. So um, I was at a football match at um, local power league. And um, after the game, I got jumped by the other team. So um, we had left, but I had a spare bag on the court. So then I went back to the court and then I got jumped by the entire team. So um, I... Um, so for um, that period of time, I was on the floor and they were punching me and kicking me, etc. And um, when my teammates saw what was happening, they ran back there and uh, pulled the people off and took me out and stuff. And... Um, and after that experience, I just felt, I guess, a bit kind of um, a bit down because I struggled to protect myself. I didn't even get a chance to throw a punch. Yeah. And um, so I ended up starting first at a kung fu kung fu club, yeah. and I did that for about a year, and then um, I really enjoyed it but it was more of a keep fit club, club as opposed to um, a martial arts club with sparring and fighting, etc. It was still great. Then um, I got a call one day from a friend 
saying him and his friend are coming down towards um, the place I live in. And they said, oh, we're going to go to a Thai boxing class. And I think it's nearby your house. But do you want to come? So they gave me the postcode. I put it in. And it was literally uh, from my house, a 12-minute walk. Oh, wow. So then I went along. And it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, the two guys, they enjoyed it as well, but they didn't come back. And then I um, stayed at the club for the next three or four years and trained um, four or five times a week. Um, ended up um, doing a few interclubs mm. and then a few amateur fight as well. Um, I spent a bit of time in the, the Midlands. So I moved to Birmingham in 2014. So I transferred to a club there and I competed there as well. Kick out on training. And it was just a great way to meet new people. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I found quite a lot of friends through Thai boxing. And um, on your second question where, um, uh, you asked about kind of how it's changed me or, yeah. or helped me grow, etc. Because it's been over a long period of time, I can't really tell because it's just me training and experiencing all these things. But yeah. one of my friends said to me once that something feels different it, and they can't quite work it out, but there's something about the... Um, the calmness that and the confidence that they feel um, compared to how I was before. And there's something of a quiet assurance that I have now through going through all these, these experiences of, of heart training and fights, etc. Yeah. These situations are very high pressured and your body and your mind are at a very high um, level of danger. So because I've been through that process quite a few times now, it does mean that just if I'm speaking to people and if I'm blocking, yeah, it's, it isn't the best if I'm having all these blocks and freezes but I still have a calmness in there where I can um, try to stay calm in that conversation try to control things a bit and if I can't at the end of it I can um, have that conversation to myself and put that experience behind me because I have that confidence that um that I am like um, a calm person. I have that assurance. And because I've achieved quite a few things in the past, um, something um, like stuttering, it isn't going to stop me achieving things in the future. Yeah, for sure. Like I don't um and like 
like Brazilian in jiu-jitsu um, for three years and then I'm probably I'm off and on for probably the, probably the past like year I like and that has helped me I like a lot and but like um courage and like just talking to people more and like it taught me a lot and like um and like discipline really like, as I think that a martial arts as like a whole and can help you like a lot as well that's really good maybe at some point in the future we could spar and for sure a at the moment a white belt with three stripes but because of the virus i haven't trained since yeah. the start of the year so i probably have to start fresh again when i was like consistent I, like i was like a blue belt and got that belt probably say about two years ago and like and i, I like and i like i was over and like the moon to, and like to get that that's a great achievement. Have you been thinking about training more now to um, achieve the purple belt? Yeah, the thing with jiu-jitsu is like it takes a, a long while to get in your belts. Like I think probably it takes probably like 10 years to, to get like a pack belt if like you're consistent. And, like, and, like if, if you look at another kind of I like things like, like karate or something like that. I like that. I like it. I don't take as long. And um, so with in jiu-jitsu, I like you kind of I need to stay like consistent. I like I like, just keep on and going. I like working hard. I like to get in your belts. It's a bit like speech, isn't it? So exactly, yeah. think about it in the same way. And yeah, like, and what caused you to, to take action? I like and st- <laughs> like and start like a podcast like as well as like like as step holding back and all them kind of things um so the um i can start with the, the charity first yeah stop holding back was like i said previously started from just a a community that was growing through the whatsapp group yeah. And through time and because of the amount of experience and information that we had in the group and the types of people, we um, found different ways to help people in the stuttering community. So that, that could be things like um, helping people get through job interviews, placements, um, trying to um, apply for courses etc and and having to to go through assessments and amongst ourselves we had a wide variety of experience there in different fields so we could help different people and um, we sought some advice and on different ways to take things further and one of the routes was to form a charity because if you are a charitable body, then um, it makes it easier to reach out to people. And then if they want to work alongside you, then they can um, take that step. And um, so this whole process um, 
was extremely long from when the application was submitted to when we got the status. There was probably um, a 10 months between the two steps there. So in between that period, we carried on um, helping people who approached us for help and built up a profile through just their feedback and the work that we were doing, we would go into companies. So if um, someone was having a tough time with their speech at work, we would go into their place of employment and do a small workshop with their team. Okay. And to just give them some awareness of what stuttering is and, and different ways that they, they could help. Yeah. Um, and when, when you think about the stuff that we were doing, they're quite a simple thing, but we wanted to formalize it and then we could help a lot more people because it's very different if you're just helping a person here or person there because they um, um, are stuck. But if you have um, a charity that's focused on that, then you can help a lot of people. And there are plenty of other organizations in the UK and the stuttering landscape. But um, we thought we can start one and purely focus on improving the employability experience of people. So that's our niche. So if, if people are worried about career progression, employability prospects, um, et cetera, et cetera, then we work towards improving that, that experience for them, whether that's through mentoring them or speaking to their course instructors or teachers, their lecturers or their employers, et cetera. Um, regarding the podcast, I've been listening to podcasts now for a good six or seven years. And um, through that time, um, the genres of the podcast, they have varied a bit from sports to business, psychology, um, general podcasts like, um, um, have you heard of The School of Greatness? No. no. So um, that's on kind of a similar line to the London Real podcast yeah. and the Joe Rogan experience and all of the um, podcasts around M MMA as well. Yeah. MMA. And um, because at that time I was also making videos with people and um, small travel clips and vlogs and all that kind of stuff. So I just thought the next step for me personally, personally, would be a podcast because for other people, it could be the other way around. So first speak and just sound and then put themselves on camera. Yeah. But for someone who experiences stuttering, um, having a podcast and interviewing people, that is more of a challenge. And um, so I, 
Um, at first, I started a podcast back last year. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the experience. It was quite brief because I structured it in a way where it gave me quite a bit of work to do. So then I, I think I ran it for about six episodes and then had to stop because of the time intenseness. Then I went away. I had to think. I restructured things. Then I had um, quite, a few long, quite a few things on in the last year. And then I'm back now with a better podcast and there's more easy to manage in terms of the way I've structured now. So through that experience of, of um, doing the first one and then understanding the things that went wrong, things that went right, and then improving on them, um, this has enabled me to really kick on with the current one. Yeah. And... Um, the things I've learned from the, the people that I've been speaking to have been great. And for me personally, I just enjoy speaking with people and um, I'm um, the type to speak to a range of people about different topics and stuff. So um, that's why I was really interested in the idea of having a podcast because there's quite a lot of people that I want to reach out to and have a conversation with yeah. and they come from different areas of life and um, so that's quite exciting and um, personally it, it gives me quite a lot of pleasure to be um, pursuing something that I'm really passionate about. Yeah and like I'm talking back on to the step holding back and like the employment aspect of it like I think like is really good because that is something that is often kind of like I'm overlooked I like because I done an interview and for college and like placement like in college there was it in Chan no probably in October and like I went I like a really bad and I went like fucking like horrendous I like and if I knew and something and I cured out there like I could I went and like tea for some sort of like advice something and I like that um, to what you're doing and um, but that like that like is really good yeah like um that's a really good example of where stuttering can actually have a negative impact on your life because it can hurt your aspirations and your ability to progress in life um one great example of something that we did recently was um someone approached us and said look uh <clears throat> they are on a placement, but they have a final interview okay. for a graduate scheme for, I think it was a marketing company and they have to do a presentation. Yeah. Um, and they came to us, I think on the Tuesday or something, the presentation was on the Friday. Now two of the guys from the charity were free. So over the next two days, they did a two hour session with, with this person where they did a mock presentation to them yeah. and then they ran through the presentation, gave feedback and then they practiced a few times 
and then they work through a few of things and how to um, introduce at the start and really explain what stuttering is quite concisely in a professional way, etc. Then they run through it again the following day, and um, the person passed and is enjoying their graduate scheme now yeah. in the profession that they want to be in. And um, that's something that, that we felt really positive about because we have actually um, improved um, someone, some, someone's life in terms of their career progression. Yeah, and when I was doing my research on you, like I seen and that you took part in like a, in like a Toastmasters uh, like course, and, like, and that is something that I have been interested and like, and I've been looking into it and like, and like the past and like couple like weeks and like, and like that and like helped you. Yeah. Um, I've been part of Toastmasters now for four years. Yeah. And, um, the change has been incredible because, um, every meeting there is an opportunity to speak. And there's yeah. different types of speaking roles where there's prepared speeches that you, you could prepare at home and deliver, or there's impromptu speeches, evaluation speeches, um, and there's different types of other communication opportunities where um, it involves speaking. Now, um, Toastmasters is a thing where if you stick with it for a significant period of time, it can have a significant improvement. Quite a few people that have been there, they have um, attended the once or twice and then enjoyed it, but they have, have not returned because they're thinking, great, I can speak here now. But through time, there's actually a lot more challenges um, trying to think of different topics to speak about. Um, then they give you more responsibility, evaluating people, giving feedback in front of people. Then yeah. eventually I started taking part in contests, chairing contests. Um, I became part of the, um, the structure of the club. So I've held a few roles before in clubs. And it's, it's all a great experience because it teaches you communication, but through these the different angles. Yeah. Like as I said that it is something and and that I I was looking into like and I I really I want to do it because like I think that it like will help me like and with like my stutter like, as well. I can promise you that if you do embark on Toastmasters and stick with it for a 12 month period there will be a improvement in your um, speech in general because yeah. um, the first thing is yeah like um, managing to speak through the, through the blocks a bit more easier yeah. but the second thing is actually enjoying speaking and being able to express yourself in different ways and becoming a bit more of a powerful communicator Okay, like, and suppose the last question that I have is, what advice would you give to, to a person that um, stutters? 
um, find other people who um, experience the same thing. So maybe join um, the online forums that are available, try a few, see which one um, fits your vibe more. And um, second thing is join Toastmasters. Um, because um, Toastmasters does have a track record of, of um, people coming there who have experience stuttering. So um, they are aware of what is, and um, it's the perfect place for um, any, any person, yeah. any person who is trying to work on their communication skills to improve. Um, it's a real place. It's with um, positive people and it tends to attract um, people striving for improvement. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like, suppose, and that's all I have to say. Uh, like, is there anything that you want to ask me or, or like, add anything? Um, yeah, to be honest, the main thing I wanted to ask you about was um, who your favorite fighter is in the UFC? I'm supposed to like the obvious, and again, sir, I like it's Conor and McGregor, but and there's like a load of them, people like MDC or like Amanda Nunes, and they have been unbelievable in like the past like couple like of years. And like it is something that I watch, I keep up in touch with and daily. And again, who is your favorite? Um, so that's quite a a tough one as well because it's changed through the years. But I was a big fan of GSP. Yeah. Um, back in his period when he was um, the kingpin in the world weight division. Um, I said so there are a few other fighters that I just enjoy watching them fight. Yeah. Um, so people like the John Jones, um, he's just really, uh, really great with his striking and he pieces the entire thing yeah. together. And um, um, the other ones, um, I, back in his prime, I was, I was a big fan of Jose Aldo. Yeah. But he has um, taken a turn since the KO. And and the last one, sorry, I'll just add is Tony Ferguson. Yeah. And were you ever at like a live event of the like the, the KOC? Um, I have not yet, but that's um, something that I will want to do one day. Um, the closest I've been is at the open workouts for. Um, one of the fight night events last year. Yeah. 
and I managed to shake hands with Dan Hardy. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah like, I've been to like a couple, like, and they were like, and I like, I like the atmosphere at like, and like the events, like, I've been like unreal. That's incredible. Yeah. Which was the best one you went to? Um, the McGregor and Amanda's fight back in 2015, was it? That was 2015, right? 2016, I think. I'm not entirely sure. No, I, I think you're right with the first ones. I think it was 2015. Yeah. That was a great... Yeah. The atmosphere. I, I, yeah. That was just, just like insane. Like... And the Irish people just, and they took over. And like the strip, like in Las Vegas, it was great. I think I remember um, the, um, for that fight when they were doing the weigh-ins and the atmosphere there, it was just incredible. It was like a massive concert. And it was the first time that they had had that type of experience just at the weigh-ins. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I think the McGregor fight has been the best um, atmosphere-wise, and like I say, like and that fight and that night were just insane as well, and so that like helped it like a lot. Really, really cool. I um, suppose, and that's all done now. So yeah, like it was great, and like talking, t- talking to you, and it was very, very much like I appreciate it. Thank you very much as well, Jake. Um, I really enjoy the conversation, particularly seeing as um, both of us are MMA fans. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you very much for that. And so that's the end of this MMA's episode. And so thanks again for tuning in and listening and this episode. And I would like to thank Ruben and for coming on to and like talking. And like it was very re- and my mosh and like like I appreciate it and like it was a fairy and like could talk and so that's it and thanks again and for listening and I hope to hear from you all and very soon.